Hello, and welcome to the Bear Ash Podcast. I'm Chase. And I'm Manny. And tonight, we're smoking the Charter Oak. Cigar, that is. Oh, uh, yes, it would be a cigar. After all, this is a cigar podcast. It's not like um, a document. Uh, that is true. Or a oak tree. Right. Yeah. But uh, we are smoking the Charter Oak Maduro, or possibly the Broadleaf. Well, this is a cigar that I knew very little about, and I went to uh, Dewey Ave Smoke Shop, uh, again, in Rochester, New York, and asked my dear friend Kevin for a good recommendation, something worth trying um, that I haven't tried before. And he said, you know what? I got just the thing, and I trust Kevin. I'd trust him with my life in most circumstances, I think. Unless it was like a race. Because he just had wait, heart surgery. Wait, in what circumstance would a race be? Like if someone was like, hey, he's going to race for your life. Like if God had a, if God had a gun to my head and he was like, mm. Kevin, you got to win this 100-mile sprint. Or I'm sorry, 100-yard sprint. Um, <laughs> or else I'm going to off Manny and he's going to go to hell. I don't think Kevin would be able to do it. But no. when it comes to cigar recommendations, I trust him. So um, any other circumstance, you'd be good. Yeah, pretty much. Now, I haven't lit mine yet. I'm about to in a second. Um, but mm. he grabbed these. He said, everyone's buying these. Um, I can't keep them on the shelves, and I'd never even heard of them. So he hadn't tried any. This is but the, yet he had some on the shelves. That is true. You know what? You think just he's lying? Joking. I'm just joking. Well, anyway. Uh, yeah, he said guys are just you know grabbing handfuls, and he was wondering what the big deal is. It doesn't seem to be a huge marketing push, so apparently they have some notoriety. Um, so the company is called Foundation Cigar Company, and I didn't know much about them until researching for this. So he handed me this, and uh, Charter Oak Cigar. It's a dark... Um, it's not a shiny wrapper. It's a very matte wrapper, if you want to call it that. I do want to call it that. Um, the kind of a nice band. It's got a nice, uh, nice logo of a tree with its roots. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Do you know about this logo, Manny? Um, please tell me. So apparently, this is to represent an oak tree in Connecticut. Does the story have – does it go any deeper than just that? Uh, I mean, that's all. That's all I read about it. Apparently, this is – I mean, obviously, it probably isn't one specific oak tree, but it was supposed to be like a big oak that would have been seen in Connecticut near the, where they traditionally would have grown the Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. Oh. That's the story? I don't know if that actually was an oak tree. On the same property, or if that's just all made up? Well, the tree does kind of resemble an oak, so I guess there could be some valid validity to that. Excuse me. There could be. So what we have here, let me pull up my stats, is the what they refer to the Connecticut Broadleaf, or what other websites have called the Maduro. Yeah. Um, Rothschild. So that's a four and a quarter inch by 50 ring gauge. And 
Let's see. Charter Oak Cigars hail from the same fertile valley in Connecticut. Not my mom. That native son and master blender, Nick R. Agua, a.k.a. Nick Melillo, I think is Melillo if it's pronounced Spanish, or Melillo, which doesn't make sense, was yeah, born I and like raised. Melillo better. Melillo. Not Melillo. Way better. <laughs> Charter Oak Cigars features some of the most prized and sought-after Cuban seed leaf varieties from the exquisite Esteli and Jalapa regions of Nicaragua, or Jalapa. I don't know. I, I don't know. The cigars are then wrapped in a silky, beautiful Connecticut shade wrapper and a Sumatran binder for a balanced, medium-bodied smoke. Or, if one prefers a hearty and rich Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, the one we're smoking, leaving you with the perfect everyday and every occasion cigar. Mm. I do have to say, I, I did light it right as we started recording, and it is delicious. A lot of smoke. Yeah, a lot of smoke output. Um, I did see the price that you paid for it, Manny, because you left it on there. That's what a good gift giver does. That's right, just so that I'm aware of how much you've spent on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, it does say I've read in a couple different reviews that it averages around four to four fifty per stick. So I overpaid, and I thought it was a good deal. Is that what you're telling well, me? You, you New York paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. But it is delicious. So yeah. So this is the second one I've had. Um, the first one. This one. So the first one I had had, like, glue all over the cap. And when I cut it, the cap kind of, like, fell off. Yeah. Um, And it it was fine, um, but it didn't seem to be rolled very well. This one seems perfectly fine. Yeah, the one I'm smoking is perfectly fine. Burn is great. Um, It is a very, like, rough, almost, like, dimply-looking wrapper. I don't know if yours is the same. Like an aged man's skin. (laughs) It's... Like an aged black a, man's skin. That's not, that's not quite... Uh, like leather, like rough leather. That's what I would say. <laughs> not the skin of a well-aged black man? No, that's, that's not In the your way lips. I would go. Nope. <laughs> um, but it's delicious. The label is... Uh, it's got kind of like a cream yellowish and white. Um, I, I know we talked about the oak tree that's on it. But uh, it we goes did. really well with the cigar. I do have to say, in other cigars in the same cigar company foundation, um, and this doesn't really mean anything because I think there's probably a lot of good cigars with really cheesy looking labels, but I did think that most of theirs looked pretty dang cheesy and cheap. From the so, other brands? Yeah, the other brands that they sell. So this was probably mm-hmm. by far the most like attractive label out of all of them. Did not look mm-hmm. like some gaudy, like, you know, $2 smoke. I'm not, I haven't had any of their cigars, so I'm not saying that they're crummy smokes at all. I'm just saying based on the look of their wrapper. I mean their label, sorry, and band. Well, we were just talking about uh, Santiago cigars last week and how sometimes they don't even have any bands yeah. or labels, and sometimes they look like cheesy birthday parties for little kid labels, but yep. you never know. No, it's true. You don't ever know. You don't ever know. Hey, I know that we typically talk about some stuff before getting into review, but I'm actually really excited to read the review that I have. It seems like you want to read that now? Yeah. I mean, can I just jump in and do it? Can we mention at least to please go post negative things on our Instagram? Yes, we can mention that again. Okay. 
Uh, I didn't mention it this episode, just to clarify. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, in another another episode because we still haven't gotten negative feedback. Even if the negative feedback was, you guys keep asking for negative feedback. Sh- I mean, badmouth us. <laughs> yeah, good save there, Manny. I think that maybe our listeners are just, you know, too incompetent to be able to post on Instagram. Too scared. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. I'm just sitting at home listening to this podcast. I'm all by myself. I don't have any friends, just this podcast. Mom, microwave the macaroni and cheese, please. <laughs> I got some extra money. Sure, I'll buy a cigar. <laughs> that should do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what's the review you got? So I have a review by Cigar Noise, which is a review website. Um, I know in the past, I think I've read some reviews from them, and typically they're quite, there's like four or five different dudes writing the reviews. So I'm going to blow up this guy's spot. Yes. Um, Dave West, September 2nd, 2016. So in his defense, the flavor profile may have changed a little bit since he smoked the cigar. Um, but... Uh, I'm just just a little preview here. He says in the first half, these are the things that he will taste. Earth, chocolate, nougat, cream, Milky Way, cocoa, cola, cocoa powder, espresso, and caramel. All within the first half. Wow. Here we That's go. A, can I just can I point something <laughs> out though? Yes, please do. He named all the ingredients of a Milky Way and a Coke and then said a Milky Way in addition to the ingredients of a Milky Way. It's a great point. <laughs> Caramel, chocolate, nougat, cream, um, and in his, Coke. In his defense, espresso and earth are not in a Milky Way. You know? All right, trying to, I'm trying to defend It was him. a joke, man. No, it was a joke. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I was just kidding. I, I mean, it doesn't have to I, line up exactly. Did I ruin that for you? We're gonna have to go back and edit that out. I sound like a fool. Attempting because to isolate you. the wrapper from the closed foot as much as possible. My first impressions are of rich earth, chocolate, nougat, and heavy cream. <laughs> Lighting the rest of the cigar yields much of the same, but with a fizzy texture. Imagine a carbonated Milky Way. <laughs> wow. That's the sensation bouncing around in my head over the initial quarter inch. Really specific. Approaching the half-inch mark, chocolatey goodness and gentle earth from a trio. Oh, sorry. Form a trio. I can't read, apparently. With what I would consider Coca-Cola flavors. Not just the carbonated texture, but the unmistakable sweet flavor of Coke. When Nick said that the broadleaf was sweeter than the IPCPR coverage... Whatever that is, I had a hard time believing him after smoking the Connecticut Shade. So there is, so there must be another version of this that is a uh, Connecticut Shade wrapper. Oh, um, yeah, no, you mean like a lighter colored one that's supposed to be a little milder? Yes, yes, there is. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to skip through that. Um, he does wow, go that's... into a crisp char line and maintenance-free experience. Um, I do want to get to the second half, Coca-Cola Earth. Chocolate, nougat, cream, sweet cedar, brown sugar, walnut, pepper, and roasted meat. <laughs> roasted meat? Wow. Oh, yes. Yep. I am yep. not I I'm I'm not getting that. 
What are you actually getting as you're reading through his wacky review and tasting it for yourself? I am getting a little creaminess, which I believe often comes with a Connecticut broadleaf. Um, I mean, yes, a little earthiness, I guess you could say. Um, it's got a little that, that sweetness would kind of come with the cream. I mean, it's a very, it's definitely a medium-bodied cigar. <coughs> Agreed. Trying, you know what I would pair to... this with? Hmm. <clears throat> Again, if it wasn't at night, but hey, it's when we get free time apparently to record a podcast, right, my friend? Yeah, serious. If it wasn't so late, I would have a Starbucks Nitro Cold Brew with a little bit of the sweet cream in it with this cigar. Well, I chose to pair it with a vanilla cappuccino. <gasps> Aren't you going to be up like super late? No, I'm a man. Oh, come on. I, I wish I could, man. I can't, I can't do caffeine that late. I've been able to drink almost an entire pot of coffee and go right to bed. You sound proud. Um, I am. I, I would say I'm a little proud. Um, so, I'm hey, really can, I, can, I, can I please finish this, Manny? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, please. Right. I was We've been, got more I've been waiting for you to, to try and finish it. In this episode. All right. Yeah. All right. So, our last segment and of the Foundation go. <laughs> Charter Oak Broadleaf begins much like the first, yet even sweeter, if that's possible. Coca-Cola, Earth, Chocolate, Nougat, and Cream are still here with the additions of sweet cedar and brown sugar. The body is slowly getting fuller, providing a richer, deeper experience. Whereas the first half, getting fuller. <laughs> whereas the first half was had dueling personalities <laughs> of oh, creamy, wow. carbonated smoke textures. <laughs> this half seems to be intermittently creamy and chalky. Coating my oh. palate much more than the previously than I previously noted, I think is what he meant to say. The draw has also improved past the midway point. Um, I just want to skip on to the part where he talks. I haven't read this full review, but the fact that he said roasted meat. I would really like to see how he ties that in. Oh, here we go. I wonder what kind of meat. All right. Roasted All right, so meat. Here we go. Combined with sinus heat. It's a distinct transition, making me think that I probably should have broken this review down into thirds instead of halves. I guess Did it he say sinus heat? Sinus heat, yeah. At this point, each mouthful is of earth, pepper, and walnut with a finish of roasted meat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Maybe he dipped it in au jus before mm. uh, lighting up. I don't know what he did, but I think that might be one of my favorite reviews. Oh, uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't taste any of those things. I, I, I see there's some some nuttiness. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little spicy, honestly. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't classify it as like a carbonated Milky Way because that doesn't make sense. But. Uh, it's got, yeah, a, got I, a little spice to it, peppery spice. I think it's important to mention that if anyone ever truly finds a cigar that actually tastes like carbonated Milky Way, let me know because that sounds delicious. Hmm. That's got me thinking now. What about what you taste or about carbonated Milky Ways? About if there's some way to make a carbonated presentation of the ingredients of a Milky Way. Hmm. Like a milkshake that's like all foamy and fizzy with carbon dioxide. 
<gasps> of the, what about uh, a, uh, there's some beers that might come close now that I think about it. Ooh, I am getting a little spice in there. Yeah, it's a little peppery. I like it. Yeah, just a little bit, a little bit. Um, which is something I feel like he did not mention. <laughs> <laughs> well, he meant the pepper coating that would have been on the roasted meat. Oh, yeah, like peppered beef. Yeah, I mean, you, you assume beef. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, corned beef and lamb. <laughs> roasted corned beef is what he was going for. <laughs> Tripe. Tripe on yep. a stick. There we go. Yeah, so, I mean, that's my review. I'm sorry I got it out so early, Manny. I just was really excited about that. You were just chomping at the bit, you old racehorse, you. That's right. All right. Secretary is what they call me. Mm-hmm. That's not what I call you. <laughs> Stogie Guys has a review uh, of the Charter Oak Maduro Toro, so it's not quite the same shape. Yeah. Um, but I can read it if you want. I would I would love that. Gives a little a few little uh facts about the owner and stuff like that. All right. So, if this review is bad, I'm sorry I already said it was Stogie guys, but I haven't read it yet. Hold on, let me keep this lit. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> what are you pairing with? Manny. Hello? I already told you what I was pairing this with. Was but, I? But I, I'll, I'll let you know again, because I think if for anyone who's been listening more than a couple episodes, you would know that Manny often doesn't listen. Hey, someone's got to run all the technical aspects of the show, okay? <laughs> oh, wait, aren't we doing the exact same amount of technical work from different ends? <laughs> I mean, right now, yes, <laughs> but like I'm preparing to do more later. I am pairing this Go with on. a homemade yes. vanilla cappuccino. Oh, yeah. You did just say that. <laughs> what uh, What are you pairing it with? Whatever. Oh, you want to know what I'm pairing it with? I already told yeah. you. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I have a passion fruit sparkling water from Wegmans. Wow. You're going exotic. Calorie-free. Wow. Ingredients, carbonated water, natural flavor. That's it. Oh, you get you're getting those notes off of your drink. It doesn't pair very well. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I can't imagine why it, why it wouldn't. I mean, I guess I just wanted something fizzy that wasn't a beer right now, but or uh, a Milky Way. <laughs> yeah, but I think I'm gonna have to pour myself just a little, just a little finger of tequila as soon as I finish this kind of weird water. Normally they're good. Uh, I don't advise pairing a fruity drink with this cigar. Yeah, yeah, I I would probably agree with that. Oh, baby. Wow. Thanks for just letting it out. Oh, hold on now. That was a good one. Were you attempting to play your trumpet again? (laughs) Yeah, did it come out all right? I put the mute in really hard. Yeah, yep, it came out really, really (laughs) nice. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I shoved that mute in. (laughs) All right. So the shout out to Stogie, guys. Uh, last month I reviewed the Charter Oak Connecticut Shade, Nicholas Malio's attempt at an affordably priced cigar for any time of day. I found it to have a pleasant, straightforward, mild to medium bodied profile of cream, white pepper, peanut, and cafe au lait. Ooh. Look at you. 
The unchanging, unpretentious taste, however, tends to overstay its welcome, especially in the large, grande 6x60 format. So I settled on an okay score of three stooges, oh, I'm sorry, three stogies out of five. (laughs) (laughs) I think he meant three out of five stogies, but yeah, anyway. Uh, and And decided I needed to try some of the other sizes. Before I do that, though, today I'm reviewing the Maduro version of Charter Oak. Like the Connecticut shade... It honors Malio's home state of Connecticut. <gasps> oh, Chase. He's a Connecticut boy. Chase. That's where we're from, kind of. Just like us, mostly. That's where we first met each other. It's where the magic happened. <laughs> oh. It is named for the Charter Oak, an unusually large white oak tree growing on willis hill in hartford connecticut there you go from around the 12th or 13th century until it fell during a storm in 1856 oh i have an 1856 two cent piece coin wow that's that's quite a bit of information you're giving us there according to tradition connecticut's royal charter of 1662 was hidden with the hollow of the tree to thwart its confiscation by the English governor general. The oak became a symbol of American independence and is commemorated on the Connecticut State Quarter. Wow. Isn't that you learn neat? something new every day. Wow. All right, I'll keep reading. The Foundation Cigar Company website provides more color. Oh, I don't need to quote more in that. All right. Uh, Okay, after toasting the closed foot and establishing an even burn, pre-light notes of cacao powder transition to a taste of earth, leather, black coffee, and warm tobacco. Mm. The draw is open, and there's ample black pepper spice on the finish. The texture is gritty and dry. There's a cherry-like sweetness on the retrohale. That sweetness comes and goes as the Toro winds its way down, but the other Mm. core flavors remain consistent from light to nub. All the while, the construction does just fine. The burn isn't perfect, Mm. but it also doesn't require any touch-ups to stay even. The ash holds pretty well. The draw is smooth, and the smoke production is solid. Whereas I grew... He said, I grew tried, but I think he went, I grew tired of the Connecticut shade grande due to the combined effect of an unwavering, simplistic taste and large, thick format. The Maduro Toro is more interesting and more appropriately sized. For the money, it's a rather nice value. He, I think he paid five fifty for it. I'd absolutely keep a stash of these on hand for the golf course or barbecue. <laughs> That's ultimately why I'm settling on a score of three and a half stogies out of five. Didn't he start it with three stogies out of five? I, th- I thought so. It totally redeemed itself. Yeah, I'm not going back to clarify, but yeah, maybe. Nice. I feel like that was a that was a good review, Manny. I feel like that wasn't uh, there wasn't much to pick apart of that one. There wasn't too much on the cigar. No, there really wasn't. Um. um wait, I do have another now. One. Now there's a whole podcast episode about it. A really popular one, too, I heard. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? They did that on Cigar Talk? Oh, no. Have you heard? It's the new Bear Ash podcast. Oh, I haven't. All right. So, 
here's one. Smith and Weston. Hey, real quick, because uh, you mentioned it, or he mentioned it, I should say, in that review. Um, for those who might be wondering what the closed foot is, is that the tobacco in the wrapper is just basically on the foot of the cigar, the non-clipped end for uh, those who are just getting into cigars. Um, but what typically is open on the cigar where you can kind of see the layers of tobacco, there's actually some of the wrapper is wrapped over the end of that, which is known as a closed foot. Yeah, it's not like some Chinese foot binding thing or anything. No, nothing like that. I don't know why you would think that either. Well, I didn't think that. It was you. <laughs> All right. Oh, shoot. Hold on. I just had it. Uh-oh. You're making me mess up. I'm sorry. I'll, you know, I'll just be quiet the rest of the episode. That'd be great. Fat chance. Right. So Smith and Weston says, I don't, I don't understand what he means, but he says, Charter Oak Maduro. I haven't had the Maduro yet, but I said I'd do the review. So here it is. <laughs> I didn't actually I don't, smoke the cigar. So I'm I, guessing. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, now he says a word that uh, we have decided we don't want to use on this podcast. Oh, so I'm going to use I'm going to use the the dorky substitute. He says the friggin' closed foot. Oh, he said frack, didn't he? Yeah. Oh my. Uh, the effing closed foot. Laugh out loud. Hate it. The draw on this wow. cigar is clean and smooth. I haven't ever had an issue with Charter Oaks construction either. Very well-made cigars. Flavor notes are rich, bold, dark chocolate. Covered raisins. Ooh. It's definitely got that spicy tone you'd get from a Maduro. But there's an underlying sweetness, too. Similar to raisins. He said that. Classic oak and leather notes also. Medium-bodied. Leaning on the fuller side, in my opinion. Yet tasty and not overbearing. I don't know that I would smoke the Maduro version of this stick like I do the Connecticut. But if you love Maduro's, you can't go wrong with this cigar. Very good quality. Notes are complex and varying, and the price point is sexy. Solid. Wow. Try it out and let me know what you think. Follow me at Smith & Weston. Huh. I feel like that, that name's taken. It's a close, you know, I mean, he, he might face a lawsuit, I guess, if he ever makes money with, with that name, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Why not just go for it, right? I'm sending you a picture right now of another gun and cigar pairing that I found of this cigar that somebody posted. Yeah. (laughs) So apparently these types of guns go well with this cigar. Those have been popping up in my Instagram feed. I don't get it. Me neither. Maybe, but it's not... I would get it if it's like guys at the range and they're having a cigar while they're shooting. No, this is like at the breakfast table with a plate full of eggs and sausage. And a gun <laughs> next to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, look at how relaxed I am with my cigar. I'll shoot you. <laughs> my morning pairing. Ready so, for anything. Did you get it, the one I just sent you? Um, no. Oh. Oh, uh, here it is. Hold on, I got a text. Oh, it, oh, my, oh, see oh who it is. Gosh. Yeah, let's stop the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is, what is that? I, I don't know. Um, so it looks like there's two cigars, and they each have their own gun that they're being paired with. 
And this was when I was looking at the hashtag Charter Oak Cigars. And their own uh, knife as well. Looks like a Sig P229 or a Sig P225. And I guess that pairs well with the Maduro. Uh, or, I'm sorry, the <laughs> Connecticut Broadleaf. And then yeah. the other one, what's that other cigar that pairs apparently pairs well with a Glock? An exclusive, it says. Um, I'm trying to zoom in. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I've never seen that label before. <laughs> so I'm probably not enjoying the cigar as much as I could because I don't I don't carry a cig. Yeah. Well, or that knife. True, true. I'm missing out. I guarantee that cigar was never lit. <laughs> <laughs> Just a um, photo op. Let's see. I have I have some news. How much longer do you think your cigar is going to smoke? Um, I've probably got two inches left on it. I just pulled the band. I might be smoking mine uh, faster than yours, dude. Uh oh, take it easy, buddy. You get yourself. Now I do sick. have, I do have a little construction issue going on. I just noticed. Uh oh, what happened? So, it's interesting. On the cap end, what do you call? Uh, not the foot. The uh, the cap. Yes. Cap end, mouth end, the end that goes in your mouth. Yes. Um, the head. Split. It just like split up the side. It looks like the wrapper. Oh. And part of the binder just split. I mean, it's smoking fine. It's not on the part that's burning. It's strangely at the part that's in my mouth. Huh. Still burning you, fine, though. Got a little too moist, or was it a little dry to begin with? Um... It could have been a little dry. It has been hard to keep my humidor up. It's been oh. really dry here and very cold. But it, I didn't let it dip below 66, so it couldn't be that dry. Well, mine's been kept at a perfect 68. Oh, good for you in Virginia. Yes. I did have, by the way, I started telling you this story, I believe, over the phone earlier today. Um, but I did have a, uh, I would like to say that I saved a buddy's humidor, but he probably would have discovered it without me saying anything. Um, but I do have a friend who is having some trouble keeping his humidor um, up to humidity. Is and this for whom the guy you were making the drawer for earlier today? No, no, a different oh. gentleman. I will not say his name. I do not want to. I don't. I don't want to embarrass him here. What's it rhyme with? Um, <laughs> it rhymes with Ron. Okay, that narrows it down. Yep. Thank you. Yep, it's prawn. It's Ron. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> so Ron uh, was taking a look in his humidor while I was at his house. And he happened to put a couple of paper towels. He did have them drenched in distilled water, but he did just place them directly in the humidor. And he was adding some water. And I happened to mention um, the case of my dad's humidor getting mold. Um, because of him having too much moisture in there. And so he decided then to lift up the pieces of paper towel, and there's a nice, solid, perfect square of mold underneath the oh, paper towel. Oh. So if, if that had been left for even a couple more days, it could have been fairly drastic. And he does have some, um, he does have some Cohiba Maduro number no. fives in there. Oh. Um, as well as quite a few um, Toro Fuente. 
Um, why am I blinking? Um, on the Opus, uh, Opus X, he has probably like five different Opus X in there, and he's got a few uh, Pappies in there, and he's got some good cigars in there that could have all gone to waste. So yeah, so, he so now he owes out, you. He owes you some, right? Uh, at least five of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for catching that. You hear that, Ron? Ugh. <laughs> Good thing. Good thing. I uh, I almost had a mold issue myself real quick. Uh-oh. So on my camping trip, I brought my travel humidor, and I guess I wet the the little humidifier up top a little too much. Yeah. Fortunately, I've learned that lesson before, and I don't put um, cigars that aren't in a baggie or like in cellophane on the top layer because they're too close to the sponge. Yeah. So I had... Oh, what did I? Uh, some Antonio Dark Corojos in the cellophane up top, and when I opened it up, I saw this little dot of mold on the outside of the cellophane from being up against the humidifier. Oh my! And I slapped whoever was next to me. <laughs> just first person closest got the slap. Um, no, I just took it out of the cellophane real quick and gave it a look, and I I put it in its own Ziploc bag and Ooh. put it in the uh, put it in the regular humidor and left that travel one open to dry dry the heck out dang man i'm gonna be honest with you manny i mean it's not that i have a easy easy life i mean i do i do face you know certain challenges in my life of being a dad of two kids and living in a pricey area of the country and uh you know we're a dual (laughs) dual income family but i'm just saying you know it's not that i have the easiest life but i do feel like one of the scariest things (laughs) in my mind is to have mold in my humidor. <laughs> I feel like I would choose almost any other scary thing in my life than mold in my humidor. Almost. The, what, what I wish was the case <laughs> is it like if I could have multiple humidors, it's like diversifying your, your finances. Mm. Like if one humidor goes bad, maybe it only holds 10. So it's not a complete loss, but the problem is that means you got to upkeep, purchase, and maintain, you know, ten different humidors, or just two, like myself. Uh, yeah. Oh, you have one for the ones like your not quite as choice cigars, and then one for your best cigars. Yeah, I've got my like mow the lawn cigars in one humidor with any infused cigars. And hey. yeah, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it was it was very unimportant. Don't worry. Oh yeah, I figured. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Cohiba and did, the value yes. of Cohiba cigars. I have an interesting news article while this thing is still smoking. I think I probably got another ten minutes out of this. Yeah, I'm about the same. All right. So this article is uh, titled "The 2.6 Million Dollar Cohiba Humidor." Ooh. Wow. <clears throat> I think I where did I get this? Cigar aficionado. Um, so it says the record-setting humidor is packed with 550 Cohibas, including rarities such as Bejiquis, Esplendidos, and Majestuesos. Um, the final, it says, the final lot auctioned at the Habanos Festival Gala on Friday night broke all records with a 2.4 million euro or 2.6 million U.S. dollars Holy bid mackerel. for a five-foot-tall cabinet humidor filled with 550 Cuban Cohiba cigars. The bid stunned the crowd and surpassed all previous records for the auction by an enormous margin. The bid, made by Li Thet from China, 
brought cheers from the crowd of more than 1,200 cigar smokers and pushed the total raised for the night to 4.3 million euros or 4.7 million U.S. dollars. By comparison, so that was half that's... of the entire night. Yeah. Roughly. Wow. Yeah. Uh, by comparison, last year's auction raised just over $1.7 million. Oh. I've never seen anything like it, said Max Gutmann, the importer of Cuban cigars to Mexico, who has also been to every Habanos Festival auction. He's like, that dude it's- got ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he bought it. <laughs> it's a record, said a smiling Fernando Dominguez, premier cigar director of Imperial Brands, the British company that owns half of Cuba's Habanos. S.A.? I don't know what that means. The Humidor, one of six lots auctioned on Friday night, was made in Cuba by the Union Humidores Group and is packed with cohibas of all shapes and sizes. Listen to this. Just imagine having this. Forget about the price. The drawers on both sides of the Humidor are... By the way, this thing is huge. It's like as tall as you or I. Exquisite. I mean, this thing let alone like as a furniture piece must cost probably 10 grand yeah to make uh at least um so let's see 40 cohiba bahikis both in 52 and 54 ring gauge 20 esplendidos 30 majestosos which are celebratory smokes for cohiba's 50th anniversary 50 talisman or taliman 50 sublimes extra 20 Pyramides, 20 Grand Coronas, 20 Robusto Especiales, and 20 Robusto Supremos, 20 Cohiba 1966, Ooh. and 50 Novedosos, which I don't know what that means. I don't know what those are. The auction was one of the final moments at the 22nd Annual Habanos Festival. Dang, have you seen? Have you seen this thing? No, send me that link. Uh, they don't right, have to do it. you don't have to send it to me right now <laughs> just at right, some point it, it, in time okay all right <laughs> that's a lot of money dude yeah it is 2.6 million dollars for some cubans yeah baby it's probably worth a nice it, right? humidor what it's probably worth it right um well let's okay two point let's see what are the if i wanted to buy those cubans so i gotta be honest we i did look up I looked up the price to do the math on this. My question was, how many uh, Cohibas could you buy for $2.6 million? <laughs> so so this person got 550 cigars. Keep that in mind. Yes. A box of Cohiba Bahikis, ring gauge 56. A box of 10 costs 457 U.S. dollars, which is insane. Yeah. Um, that's actually a good deal compared to going were, out and buying them. Anyways, go ahead. Well, two hundred and fifty, or I'm sorry, two. What is it? Two point six million yep. divided by four hundred and fifty-seven. Um, and then times ten gives you fifty-six thousand eight hundred ninety-two cigars. Oh yeah, I think he overpaid a little bit. <laughs> what would you rather have? Let's just assume that that the humidor itself is worth five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Half yeah. a million dollars for the humidor alone. He yeah. still got ripped off. <laughs> Let's assume that the humidor is one point five million dollars. Yep. 
That's what Let, you could have. You know, let's you even assume have... that the humidor is two million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Question though, was this like a fundraiser for something like charitable? Well, that's or? yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe we're crapping on it. Maybe it's for like you know <laughs> nah, a charitable organization still, or something. But still, but I don't know. He shouldn't have paid I, I more no than idea. he shouldn't have paid more than three hundred. They didn't mention it. <laughs> I feel like they would have mentioned it in the article if that was the case, though, right? Yeah, you feel like they should have. So yeah, I think I'd rather I'd rather take I could have someone build a whole custom walk-in humidor in my house and fill it with Cubans for years and years and years and yes. still never end up paying as much as that guy paid for that one humidor. No. It's How silly. long do you think it would take you to smoke 550 Cuban cigars if you let's say okay, let's say you inherited that humidor. Let's say this Chinese guy had a crush on you. And sent you this as a Wait, why gift. Couldn't, why couldn't he like be my distant relative or something? Distant relative? Yeah. No, no, no. He found you on Instagram. He's like, oh, I like the way he looks. And he sent you this humidor. And he's like, hey, if you like, like what you see, let me know. DM me. But you got this humidor, so you inherited it as like a sugar daddy gift. Yes. How, <laughs> I can Just, go more in detail wait, 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 as far wait, wait. as... For the record, there's only pictures of you on our Instagram, so... <laughs> So he got it wrong, but he's still pursuing you. <laughs> All right. He trusted my so, name more than yours. <laughs> chase. It's worth a chase. Um, okay. So you inherited this humidor. You have this giant, immaculate, beautiful piece of furniture filled with rare Cuban cigars in your house. Yes. How long do you think before you smoke or go through or gift all of those? Give me six months, they're gone. No, five hundred fifty. It would take me a long time. I will be honest; I'd probably gift a poop ton of them. Wow! Thanks for editing out what I knew you were thinking. <laughs> yep, crap ton is what I was thinking. A turd ton. Yeah, <laughs> a toilet bowl full. Yeah, you definitely have to gift some out. I mean, I'd I'd hold on. You'd to, get, you to would those get at least for... two of them. But but I would hold on to those for a year. I mean, think of how valuable one of those might be in like twenty or thirty years. Yeah, but I mean, you only hold on to like ten of them. They're no good if you can't smoke them. It's true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do have to say though, that price that you found on a box of ten um, bahikis is actually not bad. Why you found other prices? Uh, well, I'm just thinking of the times where I've seen them like as individual sticks. The last time I saw them as individual sticks to purchase was in Jerusalem, and they were, I want to say, like 120 a piece, and that was a quote unquote good price based on a buddy of mine who buys them. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, he gets them for cheaper than that, but he said like to find them out and about, that's a good price. Wow. Well, I also wonder. Well, I mean, the singles wouldn't be that far off from the box price from an online store. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, yeah, at that point you're getting them for like what were they? Four hundred and something a box. Four. I can figure out what it is per cigar. Four fifty-seven divided by ten is uh, forty-five point seven dollars, right? There you go. My buddy who has the Maduro number no. fives uh, picked that up for I want to say like two fifty for a box of ten. Wow, those so, are good. Yeah, I mean the Maduro number no. fives are good, but no bahiki. Well, I'm I'm done with mine. I put my cigar down. What did you think? 
Uh, I liked it, man. There's a little bit of spice actually on the finish now. Um, I still have a couple puffs left. Oh, I'll let you keep going then. You want me to read another article or you want to still sound stupid and keep talking? Um, <laughs> you I do dummy. Have, I do have a, what I thought was an interesting news article. Um, I, w- I w- went down the rabbit trail of the latest, um, what would you call it, legislation, I guess, or the bill. This is Bill HB 2339, which is also known as the Revising the Youth Tobacco Epidemic Act of 2019. <laughs> now, this is a, originally it was used or is being used. Um, hold on, here we go. For unnecessary deaths, disability, and medical expenses caused by smoking tobacco cigarettes and use of e cigarettes. Which I think it's funny that that's looped into a revising the youth tobacco epidemic. Huh. Um, but it does ban all flavors, including menthol, and such projects, thereby ending. So, so th- this is where I ended up going. So. Essentially, they're trying to also ban online sales or catalog sales of cigars. Um, where they've run into issues is that a judge has numerous times said, hey, you need to actually like really classify what a, uh, I forget the exact terminology, but basically a, like a premium hand-rolled cigar. Because they're, they're trying to, to make it so we couldn't buy those online, couldn't buy them through a catalog, which I guess would be all the same, like big box online stores have catalogs as well. But uh, so anyways, in this, uh, the the title of this article is House Passes Anti-Smoking Bill Eliminating, in quotations, racist loophole. So this goes into a very long, and I think somewhat hilarious idea that they need to ban menthol cigarettes because it is in of itself racist. To have menthol flavored cigarettes, which I felt like after reading this article, I was like, doesn't this make everyone who backs this idea racist (laughs) (laughs) to assume that? So the assumption is that tobacco companies made menthol cigarettes and continue to make menthol cigarettes specifically, specifically targeting the African-American community. And they go in to say specifically targeting African-American children. Um, Wow. They, their claim is that 80% of all menthol cigarettes are purchased by African-Americans, um, which I don't know if that's true or false, although I know a lot of other dudes that smoke menthol cigarettes. Uh, so the idea is that they can say, well, we need to get rid of menthol cigarettes because they are in, them, in of themselves racist, which I just, <laughs> I mean, it's a really long article. I wouldn't even try to read the entire thing. But after reading it, I was like, this might be one of the most racist articles I've Wait. ever can Good. I can I point something out? Yes. So they're taking something that they're saying a certain culture really likes, and they're going to make that illegal <laughs> to not be racist. Yeah, which is just by saying that it's only for that culture would be racist in of itself, would it not? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and also, to be fair, I don't. I really don't know what marketing. Listen, man, I've bought cigarettes. I see cigarettes for sale all the time. I really don't know. I, maybe I'm ignorant. I don't know what marketing would have been racially specific for menthol cigarettes. I, I've heard of the stereotype. I've heard people say, oh, you know, black people smoke menthols as like a, as a stereotype and a joke. Yeah. But like I never actually like – I mean I don't understand how marketing would have – I really don't. No, I, I don't understand it. I mean the actual marketing in of itself – 
I don't think targets any specific race or ethnicity. Um, That's funny. Whether or not more people of a certain, I mean, I just feel like I, I mean, I can list at least two family members and five buddies of mine, all who are very white or Italian, Italian who strictly smoke menthol cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, but that's just because you don't have any black friends. Uh, not well. I'm not going to defend that, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that they just are have have an added flavor to them. So why not? And just I heard to clarify. A, you weren't <laughs> you weren't going to not defend that because you don't have black friends, but you didn't feel the need to explain the whole. Oh, I have a black friend, so I'm not racist. Thing, right? Um, yeah, pretty much. Okay, just clarifying. <laughs> exactly. It's like when people say I don't like Puerto Ricans, and I just mention you. Oh well, then they know you. You really don't. Yeah. Well, then they also know that I'm clearly prejudiced if I'm friends with you. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, I thought that was a very interesting way to go about trying to ban menthol cigarettes. <laughs> I'd be really interested if there was, like, marketing. I'd, I'd love to see the evidence and, like, what examples they're referring to that are racially specific marketing techniques. I mean, they would either have to, like, videotape a large portion of people who are buying cigarettes. <laughs> Or I guess just pull a bunch of cigarette smokers and then make a guess based on that. But either way, I think it's just more ridiculousness just trying to make more and more legislation against tobacco. I mean, at this point in time, if there is at least an American who doesn't know that the constant habit of smoking cigarettes is bad for you. (laughs) I mean, it's not like... The science is just in. Like, I mean, like, we've known about this for a while. Yeah, it's like the idea. So also part of that legislation, which they've done a couple times in the U.S., is to put graphic pictures on all cigarette packs. Oh, I've seen Um, those in Canada, right? Yeah, and they did that. I want to say, I think it was Camel that did that for a brief moment and then was like, wait, we don't have to do this. Why are we doing this? And then stopped. Like the fetus. Yeah, exactly. destroyed fetus. Yeah. So this is, I guess, two years ago we made a trip to Croatia. Um, where I feel like, I don't know, 98.9% of the population smokes. Um, and every pack of cigarettes you buy are covered, absolutely covered in pictures of just, you know, and they're not even like cigarette related illnesses. It's just like rotting corpses. Like It's just like horrible graphic pictures of people who are dead um, or just like burnt out lungs or like a body that's just charred, like horrible, horrible graphic images. And what you do see is that people will buy a pack of cigarettes and immediately put them in their own like hard case pack <laughs> or literally <there's> <laughs> so people, they don't have to look at it. Yes, yeah, so they don't have to look at it. Or I kid you not. I can't tell you how many packs of cigarettes I saw on tables walking around in cafes that just have like tape wrapped around them. <laughs> huh. Out of so sight, people, out of mind. Yeah. People are like, yep, don't want to see that. Let's just cover it up. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I think at this point, we all know it's bad. Uh, so yeah, let cigarettes people do what are they bad want. for you. In case you haven't heard, they do, they do cause some health risks. I've heard. Yes, they can. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I did. Yeah. One thing that was in this article. Um, here, I'm going to pull it up real quick because I think that it's also funny and worth mentioning. Um, hold on. Going down. Here we go. 
Indeed, notes of, I can't pronounce this guy's name, who wrote this bill. The danger of e-cigarettes extends far beyond those deaths and severe lung damage recently caused by a variety of addictives. Um, or, sorry, additives. Uh, teens who use e-cigarettes easily become addicted and move on to smoking of tobacco cigarettes with a 50% chance of killing the user. I did like that statistic. How did they get the last one? I think they just said, ah, let's just say it's a 50-50 shot. Well, I mean, vaping hasn't even been around for that long, really, unless it's killing everyone within like 10 years of the invention. Well, they did say that it leads to tobacco cigarettes. Which with, has killed the, 50%. 50%. Yeah. Oh, so, so they're talking about cigarette smokers in general having a 50% kill rate? Apparently, yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, 50-50 shot, you know? Well... Cigars taste good, so I'll keep doing that, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. The only reason why this ever concerns me is because they're also going after the cigar world. Well, I'd be surprised if it makes it really cumbersome to get cigars, because do you know a politician that doesn't smoke cigars? I mean, I don't know a ton of politicians, but... I, well, I'll put it... Th- I don't know a lot of them personally. Every politician I've heard of met I've always heard is game for smoking cigars or regularly smoke cigars. Yeah, they're just getting theirs from Cuba. No. Bill Clinton <laughs> got his from the Dominican Republic in Nicaragua. I think oh. the Gurkha, Gurkha line is what that he and Monica preferred. <laughs> I believe that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there uh, you go. A little bit of news, you know. Thanks, man. Well, um, I think uh, even in New York for six and a half bucks, this cigar was worth it. Yeah, it was. Um, I will point out, this is the second time I had an issue with the wrapper on the cap end of the cigar, but it didn't affect how it burned or tasted. But yeah. yeah I, I had no I issue buy, whatsoever. Good burn, I'd good buy flavor. Charter Oak again. Yeah, all the way through. Yeah, we have run out of time, I think, for this episode, Manny. But I do think that next episode, here's a little preview. Um, I think we should discuss uh, how and why this podcast got started. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's riveting. All right. Well, but for now, uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh god. Oh god. What should we smoke next time? Um Well, there's the brother of the leaf. Oh, I was just going to say that. Uh we could do that. That that could be an option. All right. I like it. All right, we'll go with that for now. Yeah, so please Go on Instagram. What is our? Do they call it a handle? Is that is that the appropriate terminology? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, if you're searching on Instagram, you'll find us at Bear Ash Podcast, all one word. Yeah, and feel free to leave some not so nice comments for us. Are you, uh, good night.
Dummy. <laughs> Good night, all.